You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. For more information, find us on Instagram at Decidedly Podcast. All right, it's another Make My Decision episode. So you've got some Reddit posts that we're going to sift through and I'm going to control the lives of strangers on the internet (laughs) by making their decision. All right. All right. We're going to give, we're going to give it a shot. All right. My first question for you is from street broad street fighting, signing lease or building my own building soon. I started teaching Muay Thai and MMA in January, 2020 subletting from a jujitsu gym. We somehow survived COVID and the program is now thriving with new students coming in word of mouth, uh, and organic traffic from our website. I have an opportunity to partner with another jujitsu guy to open our own location in a different neighborhood in the city. He's coming in with enough money to secure the lease and pay the rent for a few months. In a way, this is a huge progress, but I'm still a bit hesitant to move forward. The rent is manageable. I'd be stuck paying it out of pocket for up to a year while we build a new business. Well, okay. So okay. You're, you're paying rent out of pocket. That's how rent's paid typically. <laughs> like, keep going. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know another way than out of pocket. So while there's risk, there's also room to make some serious money. What do I do? Risk it and move forward or play it safe and continue to grow slowly yet gradually. So uh, first things first, I'm all for the risk, right? If you are thinking about risk and say, well, is it going to be worth it or should I play it safe? Go for it. Life is short. You don't know how many days you got left. You want the freedom. You want to grow. You want the huge upside potential. Take a shot, man. Take a shot. Or, you know, keep being keep being in the back dusty corner of this other gym on the wrong side of town where you don't really want to be. If you thought that if you think there's potential, which you do because you're considering it, take the risk. Life is about making the most out of the risk that you take. Second, it's going to be harder than you think. So I'm telling you to do it. And I'm also telling you it's going to be harder than you think, especially if you're moving across town. You might as well expect none of those students to come with you. <laughs> no, nobody's traveling down to follow. No, now I I might do that if my if I would do that if my jujitsu gym moved across town, I would stick with them. But I'm loyal. I built a community. That's my coach. You know, if he goes somewhere that is conceivable, you know, he didn't move out of the state. I'm I'm sticking with him. But I've also been training there for seven years or something like that. So. If you just started a few years ago, I don't wouldn't expect that type of loyalty out of your students. At the same time, you're capped where you are, and you're kind of, kind of given that vibe. Hey, I've got a cap on the growth here. You're not capped when you're running your own business. You can make decisions on when to expand, when to hire new coaches to come in, uh, when to increase the offerings on the class schedule. I say absolutely go for it. Yeah, I, I think if they're the type of coach that is a superstar coach like you have, uh, they're not asking this question, risk it or play it safe. They're like, you know, hey, my, my guys are coming with me wherever I go. I think one of the things I would do is that you're going to tend to be one or the other. You're going to be a risk it type person like you, or you're going to lean into the play it safe type person. And I would begin to just get the the other perspective from somebody who tends to look at another way, just so you are seeing the risks that if you're not aware of them, uh, if you're tempted to risk it, look at what, you know, what options are out there. So, so I, I would just look, talk to somebody who would take an opposite approach just so you can 
get a full range of, of the perspective. You would talk to somebody who's going to talk you out of it? I, I don't want them to talk me out of it, but I want them to see a different perspective. So if I'm a type of play it safe type person, I might come talk to somebody like you that might be encouraging. If I'm just a risk it person, I might talk to a play it safe type person who can help me discover what risks I might be otherwise missing. I think on a decision this big, which is life changing and lifestyle changing, if you are inclined, if you're, you've got an inkling, hey, I think I think I can make this work. You don't need any noise from the people that haven't been down that road. So if you're going to go ask for outside perspective, the outside perspective that you're getting needs to absolutely be with people who have been in the shoes of running their own business before and starting their own business. If you go talk to grandma, well, I super didn't say that. I'm, 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 but I want to be clear. When when you talk about that, when you're using the opposite approach, I really think the only the only way that opposite approach works, which can be very valuable, is if the person can relate. They don't have to have been in the exact same shoes. Like they have to have started a jujitsu gym, and you know they don't have to be the same industry, the same business, the same road you went right. down. But they do have to be able to relate, and if they can't relate at all, their perspective might not be what you need. Let's go to the next one. Okay. So the next, the next question is by Alien Engineer, and it's starting a business with a bunch of people, how not to get screwed over. My entire team was laid off at our company, and the company was dropping our clients, so we are going from our own LLC to our own company, doing the thing we did before. In my last company, my old business partner completely screwed me over when I exited the company. I was a guarantee on some accounts, and even though I was supposed to have been removed from the accounts, they never did. Six All years right, later, that's tough. Well, it sucks. For that's them. about the worst thing that could happen to you in a business partnership. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. They closed the business and declared bankruptcy. I was left holding the bag for a ton of money. Uh, new people in this new venture, I've worked with them for a long time. They're great at their jobs, but there's zero business acumen. This makes me worry. Right now, I'd love to build another company, but I'm concerned about being business partners with them and then fighting them to do the right things. What would make sense as a low percentage of the company, I can have uh, maybe an advisor where I can participate and lend my skills, but not be on the hook again if the business nosedives. So this is a, uh, I'm glad we have this question immediately after the last question. I'm very much getting the vibe from this guy that he's not up for the risk. The other guy was like, hey, I'm up for the risk, but like, am I an idiot for taking it? This one is, well, you know, they're kind of talking me into it, but I don't want to. That's the vibe I'm getting is he doesn't really want to take the risk. And I'm not judging you. If I had gone through that type of experience, I might be a little bit averse as well. He's a little gun shy. But if you are timid, then it's not for you, right? If you are shopping at the bit, then sitting on the sideline is not for you. Meaning if you have that gut instinct that I got to go get it, I got to take this opportunity, you're going to hate yourself for the rest of life if you don't do it. If you are tiptoeing your way into entrepreneurship, ooh, that's not going to work either. You got to be all in, all out. And this guy sounds like he's wanting to straddle the fence. So I would say get off the fence and be out. Second, if these people are not people that make you 100% confident that you can trust them as your business partner, then don't do it. And I don't know, based on the question, if you have concerns about them specifically, you know, would you hire them to work for you? Would you work for them? If so, then they're probably pretty solid people. There's a higher standard if they're going to be your business partner, for sure. But 
if if these are if there's something about the people, then run away, right? If they've given you any reason to believe that they lack integrity, run away from it entirely. If you're just concerned about the concept of business owners in general, um, then I think there are some very there are some ways to uh, to structure the organization uh, that protects that and to structure the job responsibilities that protects that. Um, and if they're not up for that, if there's any shady dealings going on, then uh, then that gives you an opportunity to run as well. Yeah, I, I think you'd want to have a meeting in the minds of these people and make sure that you're all on the same page with the purpose and why you're doing this business, what the values are, what you're wanting to do in terms of the vision for that business. Make sure you're all pulled in the same direction, rowing in the same direction. Uh, this is from user substantial lead 5153. What would you do in this situation? Hello, I've made a handmade jewelry business I started in 2009. I'm so burnt out that no matter what I try, I can't seem to gather energy for it. At one point, it made over a million in sales. See, no matter what I try, I can't seem to gather the energy for it. <laughs> this goes back to my last question or my last answer. Then you got to find your way out. Um, if if no if you if what you say is what you mean, no matter what I try, then I'm not going to waste any time telling you to try new things, because you said no matter what I try, <laughs> so get the hell out, sell, quit, whatever. The worst thing that you could be doing is running a business that you do not have the energy for. That's the most dangerous position you could be in as an entrepreneur. So we're now talking about how can you exit this business and um, get some money in your pocket along the way but keep going and we'll see how likely that yeah to see if you jumped on the uh, the right track here uh at one point it made over a million in sales a year we're now closer to two hundred thousand. i haven't ever okay, that's going to make that sale that i talked about a little bit tougher but... yeah, it sure is i haven't advertised in years and barely post on social media i thought about selling it but it doesn't do much in sales and going through and doing an inventory seems like an insurmountable task uh they, on, they, they hold, on, hold on hold on you hate this business, and the one thing that you can do to get out from under it is to figure out how to get it some value and put it on the market, which is going to require a dang inventory. And you they can't bring it. Do that. Listen, okay. And I sit. I'm not even being funny. You have depression. You, you're depressed. That's not. That's not. This isn't even about this business anymore. This is just a you being depressed thing. So, I need you to focus your energy on how to conquer that demon because I, I don't even think the business is really it anymore. If you can't do if you can't do the task that would allow you to get out of the business at the same time the business itself is overwhelming. No, we're in a we're in a, a spiral. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Uh that basically says I have uh, so much inventory and raw goods, I think it's time for me to move on. Yeah, but no kidding. Uh, I'd love some advice on what you would do if you were in this situation. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom. Um, I would sell the business. And if you can't, if, so if you can't, if you're not going to do an inventory, you don't even know what your business is. Yeah. You are going to have a tough time selling it. Um, now if it was me, <laughs> what I would do is I would have started a few years ago and determined that whether or not I wanted to sell or grow this business, because always those are your only two choices. You are either selling or you're growing. And if you don't have the energy to grow, you don't have the desire to grow, you don't have the time to grow, whatever it is, if growth is off the table, either necessarily or voluntarily, 
then selling is the only option. You can't just sit around. So if selling is the option, then you need to begin several years in advance in order to have a successful exit, right? No, you don't sell a business like you sell a house, right? And you know, if you've ever sold a house, that even that can be a lengthy process. Selling a business is much more lengthy of a process because there are so many fewer buyers. So if you're trying to sell this business, you need to get a time machine, go back in the past, figure out the extent to which the um, business, what other comparable businesses are sold within this space, and what's the range of multiples in those businesses, right? Spend the next two, three, five years pushing yourself as far up on that range of multiples as possible and then get out so that by the time you feel like you have to write this Reddit post when you're at your wit's end, you've got a buyer ready for you. If all of that seems too crazy, you can just put everything on Facebook Marketplace and close the doors tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the things when you look at making a change like this and you look at leaving a business or retiring from a job, those questions become not so much what are you leaving from, but what are you going to? And it's going to be real important for this person to answer that second part of that question is what are they going to do then? I have talked to so many people who focus so much on what they're leaving that they forget that they need to be jumping to something. And yeah, they, they make 100%, the jump over there. 100%. And that's why I made the comment, you're depressed. It, you might not even leave this business. If you can figure out what is going on in your life that's causing you to feel this way, um, you might find out that leaving the business is not even not even a path you want to go down, right? If you if you're unable to find that next path forward in life, um, then you're right. Leaving is uh, not necessarily going to solve the hole that's within you. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. The next question I've got is from user the big LT77. Is it easier to just buy a business? Uh, so we're on a we're on a theme here. Would it not be easier to just acquire a business that has a proven track record, pros and cons? All right. So, um, yeah, it is It is easier In if what you're talking about is getting sales, right? Uh, would it be easier to get sales? Yeah, sure. Buy a business already has sales. Um, is it easier to align the business culture with what you what your vision is for the company? No. It is much easier to do that if you start the company. Right, coming in as a new buyer, um, whether you've worked in the company or not, is very difficult to shift culture. It doesn't mean it's impossible, though. Um, I mean, look at Elon Musk and Twitter. He's really changed the the culture of Twitter. If you talk to Twitter employees, see how they're feeling. Um, it took radical change, and uh, some of that is because he has the resources of a billionaire, um, which you don't. If you're writing this question on Reddit, uh, so the when I think it depends on what you mean by easier. If you're talking about, yeah, getting things up and running, um, yeah, a business that's already up and running and has documented processes and has already made good hiring decisions and already has um, a name in the marketplace and already has a pipeline of prospects and potential, all of that, yeah, for sure. But shifting that big ship, getting it to turn to where you actually want it to go, um, that's much harder. And I know that you do want to do that because if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to steer that big ship in a different direction other than where it's headed, then why did you buy the business anyway? The only reason that you should buy a business is because you see an opportunity 
to move in a different direction that the previous owner didn't see or didn't have the capacity to continue to steer or for whatever reason. There's an opportunity. There's no opportunity. You're just going to step in and do the same old, same old that the old owner was doing. That's probably not going to go well. So I think it is all about picking your pain. Um, both routes are hard. It just depends on where you want to suffer. So this is from Interesting Ship 4717. Stay at home with kids or preschool. I was struggling to decide. We had twins right before the pandemic, and they're now almost four. My husband and I were lucky and got to go work from home. I think if you have kids, you shouldn't be going to preschool anymore. What do you mean? If you have kids, you shouldn't be attending preschool. I, th- I think she's saying that the kids are in preschool, oh, okay. not, not her. Uh, my husband and I were lucky we got to work from home while we watched our kids and avoided childcare cost. Now I'm getting overwhelmed. My husband is the breadwinner, but I also work part-time from home, run a photography business part-time as well. The income from both jobs are less than my husband makes. Okay. I'm going to take a guess that this really isn't actually about the money. If, if she's working two jobs and still earning less than husband's making, um, it's very likely that daycare costs are going to be the exact same as what her income is, if not more. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I think where this, uh, this is going. I find that if I put my energy into the jobs, my kids are watching TV all day and I'm not keeping them entertained and occupied throughout the day. If I focus on the kids, I do poorly at my jobs. The cost of daycare is about equal to my part-time job. There it is. Uh, without my current income, we still live comfortably, but we would still need. All right. Stop right there. Without my current income, we still live comfortably. That sound. this sounds like a very easy decision to me, which is. Don't go to work. If you don't need, if you don't even need the income that you're ha- that you're getting now, then spend that time and energy raising your kids. Nothing's going to be more rewarding than that. Now, hey, listen, I don't have it kids. Depends on the kids. <laughs> depends on how good of a job you do. I guess. <laughs> I guess. If you, if it, no, it, anyone can go replace you at this job. And I hate to say it, but if you're working two of them and it's still not enough to move the needle on the household budget, then probably everyone can replace you with these jobs. <laughs> but nobody can replace you at home. Nobody can replace you as the role of mother in your children's lives. Um, that's a lot more rewarding, fulfilling, impactful, um, and needed in our world. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, and I'm biased because that's, that's kind of how we did uh, when you know, we had kids in the house. Um, all of the the research that I looked at is the kids do better in outcome in terms of future endeavors in life with a parent at home. Uh, it's it's a struggle. So there's a the con is the financial. Uh, the but, financial well, I can't give I can't give them that one. No, she I just would. said without my current income, we still live comfortably. No, it's it sounds like in her situation, it's a push. Uh, which takes the the financial, you know, aspect out of it. I think when you look at this, you you have to say, well, what what am I basing this decision upon? Is this a money decision? Is this a principles and you know alignment decision? Is this is what's best for the kids' decision? What are you making this decision based upon? And and I hear a lot of parents uh, focus on the on the finance part of it. And just say, well, you know, if, if, if this person works, we can have this much extra. We can't afford it, you know, not for her not to work or him not to work, whatever it is. So I, I think that's how I would, that's how I'd frame it up. 
Okay, I have another question for you from username GuitarGuy5147. Should I quit my job for a job that pays better? I don't know if I even need no. to read the rest of this, but I, here we go. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely forming an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I have an interview tomorrow for a job that pays slightly better, $4 an hour more than my current job. It would also be lay, less right. physically demanding. Okay, so we got two... We now we have two good reasons to leave the job because here's a key: if you're working hourly, yeah, then loyalty to your employer doesn't matter at all. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, oh, here here's more information. So that, that physical, the physically demanding thing is a, definitely been this as well. This probably gives you a, a a sense of what the baseline wage was in this four dollar an hour percent increase. You could probably do the math in your head. I currently work at a fast food place. So work can be exhausting. However, the people I work with are great. My boss is a really good dude. Scheduling is very random, though, whereas the new job would be standard eight to five weekdays only, which would be awesome. Yeah. So I made the joke about the hourly hourly wage. If you're getting hourly pay, it doesn't matter what your loyalty to your employer is. Um, and that's funny, haha, but true. That's not the case. If you are a highly compensated employee and you're bopping around, I think you're going to get negative. Um, you're going to face negative repercussions later on in your career if you're not sticking it through with one team for a long period. If you're just moving around as a highly compensated employee trying to find the best next deal, I don't think that's going to work out very well for you. If you're low on the on the totem pole, yeah, go for it. I'm all for making the change to get a huge increase in pay. You should do it. Yeah, I, I think with this person, you know, based on what what I can only assume is the wage base based on where they're working, this this is probably a, a 20% increase in in compensation for a stability uh, of the work life and less physically exhausting. I'm not sure what. Yeah, but the, I, I have no idea why you are asking this question. It, you should obviously switch jobs. But for business owners, this is really important insight, right? Because e that mindset exists all, all across the pay scale. Right? That yeah. mindset exists at the low end of the pay scale and the high end of the pay scale of, oh, I'm just going to find the, be the next best thing. Whoever's willing to pay me more, I'm going to go that way. That exists, although it is a minority. The all of the research shows that people rarely, rarely leave because you don't pay them enough. Now, that's not an excuse to underpay your employees, in my mind. Um, but know that people people want to stay, even if they're getting mistreated and they're in a physically demanded role, and it's they're not getting paid a lot, and they could dramatically increase their pay very easily by going and finding another option people i think really do want to stay loyal so you've got to ask if you have high turnover and what the hell are we doing here you got a real problem yeah yeah i, I think you're right we you know we, we looked at hiring a guy some years ago and and had the credentials had the background and and you know so we were sort of leaning towards hiring and then i started doing the math i'm like well you know this guy in the past you know 15 years has changed jobs at like five employers i don't want to be the sixth and so it looked like at some point you've got to point to this person and go, there's something about this person that is causing their employment not to work out. But uh, I, th I think you raise an interesting I, point. I'm going to assume if I see crap like that, that you're getting it's fired. It's the person. No, I'm assuming you're getting fired. 
I, I don't care because a lot of, here's the thing as well that business owners need to understand. A lot of business owners, if you call up the guy's old employer and you say, hey, how was Johnny working for you a few years ago? They will not tell you they fired him. They will not tell you he stole money from them. They won't tell you shit. They will just, oh, you know, whatever. Well, I, am you, I wrong? N- no, you're, you're have not. You, you're have not you wrong. ever, have you ever had another business owner tell you, stay away from that dude? We, we actually did that one time. But you never had anyone do it to you? No, I never had anybody do it. Exactly. Uh, we actually did that. There's this guy so that, that left and the the new people called us and they said, hey, you know, what do you think about this person? And there were people we knew. So they, they felt comfortable calling us. We felt comfortable telling. And we're like, oh, you should not hire this person. Uh, and we didn't go into the reasons why. We're just like, uh, you know, it's probably not a good fit. We probably wouldn't What was hire. the reason? Uh, they were an underperformer. They were just not. Okay, but did, was, it it an, was it an integrity issue or were they just not good at their job? They were just not good at their job. And so we we advised them, you know, I probably don't want to hire this person. And they did anyway. And within two years, they had they had let that person go. And we, you were like, you know, we see them all the time. We're like, we told you. But I, I think one of the things we look at is as business That's owners. All, what are you doing hiring someone? If, I don't if, know why. If I, if I make the call and they say, don't do it, that's well. Why the hell did you make the call? I don't know. <laughs> we we kind of shook our heads. We didn't know what. Why did you call me? Yeah, it's like if a client calls you and says, "Hey, should we buy the second house?" You go, "No, no," and then they buy it, and then they buy it, and they're like, "Well, we didn't buy the house." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> All right, let's hit the next one. This is from It's Sock Gavin. I don't know. <laughs> God, I I'm going to get you. I hate internet names. I'm going to get you a plaque. I, Worst username reader of all time. <laughs> you never have gotten one. You've never confidently said a username. It's Sock Gavin. I don't know. what. It, I don't know how to, how, how to better pronounce matter. that. It doesn't matter. Uh, ex-girlfriend I dated for three years texted me. Should I respond? No. So No. I don't need to hear the rest. No. You're not going to. No, done. Why? What, there is nothing for you to talk about. If you don't have kids with this woman, there's absolutely nothing for you to talk about. Move on. That's her fault. If y'all y'all broke up for a reason, there is nothing, nothing, nothing for you to talk about. You shouldn't have kids with an ex-girlfriend, number one. So therefore, you know, if you do, you, you, you screwed up beforehand. You shouldn't have shared money or property or anything like that with an ex-girlfriend, number two. So there's no reason to talk there, right? There's nothing for you to talk about. Do not read the rest. All right. I'm not going to read the rest. You're, you're pretty hard. Or you, you're, you're very definitive on this. There's nothing to talk about. There is nothing to talk about. If you had a re- relationship and the, the, the purpose of that relationship is to determine if you're going to get married, you made the decision, okay, hey, we're not going to get married for whatever reason. You don't need to talk again. You don't. All right. All right. And, and, and there, you might say, Sanger, this, this reason, that reason, the other thing, but he, but in this case, here's the thing. If that person to you in your mind is still your ex-girlfriend, meaning it wasn't like the girl that you took to the dance in seventh grade, right? it was a meaningful relationship for a year, two years, three years, a big thing in your life. Right. And that's how she, that's who she is to you is the person who used to be in that very important role and now she isn't and you don't refer to her as just a friend someone i used to know someone i went to school with ex-girlfriend that means there's nothing to talk about yeah it says they dated for three years yeah there's nothing yeah i didn't want to know because it doesn't matter no i can't help but tell you all this stuff yeah so 
Anyway, um, you want the next one? Yeah. This is from uh, Tejo310. Surprise visit to my boyfriend. Okay, don't right. do that one either. <laughs> i dated a girl oh i dated a girl who lived uh in another state and she would do so she would like surprise visit me oh it was the worst that sounds miserable this is in college and she'd just show up and i would be thinking because i'd like to spend time alone more introverted yeah and it'd be like friday classes are over Maybe I had like a little, and then, you know, I would always be hanging out with a friend because that's how she coordinated it. She needed to know where I was. Oh, right. Right. And so I'm doing what I think is my one social thing for the weekend. Right. So I've geared up to like have dinner with my friend and I'm thinking, all right, just one more social interaction and I get to go, you know, do my yeah, thing then I can go lounge for a couple, for a couple of days and then she'd roll up. And that means I'm spending almost every minute with this person. Like, oh, yes. we got, oh, no. Give me a heads up. Yeah, I, I all right. You don't even want to hear the question then. I mean, this one I'll, I'll, I'll all right. You, you got I will say there is no more nuance with this than the previous one, which has zero nuance at all. Period. All right. I, I think you may land land on the same spot, but here we go. Uh, we haven't seen each other for about two months, and I decided to fly there a bit suddenly. I'd been feeling quite down on that day, and we had a small issue, so I decided I would ooh, go. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you picked the wrong reason to go too. Oh, this is a strikeout. This is not going to go well. No, it, it doesn't sound like it's going in the right direction. I just decided I would go not only for him, but actually maybe mostly for myself. Uh, I'm feeling very lonely. I want to see my friends and my mom. He's very busy and has anxiety and his anxiety has been bad. So I don't know if I should surprise him. I'm not relying on him to suddenly stop. make time for unrelated, me. unrelated note. Okay. This is just a lesson for women is don't date men whose anxiety is causing problems in your relationship. A man should be able to handle that crap. Oh, okay. You right. should, if you have a, well, my, my man's, uh, my man's anxiety. My boyfriend's just really anxious. My husband's really anxious. Have you ever heard someone say, well, daddy's really anxious today. <laughs> you know, you know what I, you need to I, get that fellas. You need to get that one squared away. Cause the only women that are going to deal with it or women who are equally anxious are going to fly across the country because she got like a, a vaguely uncomfortable text that morning. You know what I also love is that Morgan, our producer, just put on the screen in front of me, amen, pre-time. Yeah, you know what? Because she's got a badass husband and she's a super cool chick. Yeah. So they got a, they got an awesome relationship. And she would have put up with that nonsense no, she, at she all. Not. No, she would not. Uh, anyway, so... Anyway, so the guy has anxiety. I'd like to surprise him, and uh, if he has time, great. If he doesn't at all, that's okay. Is this a good idea? I've already booked the tickets. I'm flying. Oh, <laughs> I've already booked the tickets. And I'm flying there next see, Thursday. Here's the thing. Uh, I still have a few days to oh, tell him. Should I tell him? Don't go. Don't don't tell him and don't go. Scratch the whole deal. This is, a, I mean, this proves my point that she's dealing with anxiety. And, and you know, I'm making fun of you a little bit, but I'm, my heart goes out to you. It's not fun dealing with dealing with that. Must be difficult, but that's where my focus needs to be. If I'm in your shoes, is how can I conquer this? Because if I can't conquer this, it's going to be difficult for me to show up for this person. If he is dealing with anxiety, there's two things. One, he's lying to you. He don't have anxiety. He just don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm anxious. <laughs> I don't. I need to go lay down and take a nap. Or he's playing Xbox. 
Um, second is he's just a weak man and you need to move on. And, and I think the, that happens a lot. This is my observation. I'm no psychologist or no counselor, but I do interact with married couples a lot. Um, as a professional, anxious men make anxious women. It doesn't mean every anxious woman is, is, you know, with an anxious man, but an anxious man makes an, makes a woman more anxious and a calm, steady man makes a woman more calm and steady. So if, if, if that's the kind of guy you got getting rid of him might, might make you become not the person who is doing this right now Yeah, as well. All right, you ready for uh, the? This will be the last one. Yeah. All right, this is uh, from Chunky Dumb. The uh, I you got that one I, right. I did. This was an easy. Nailed one. it. Uh, I'm not. Even, I'm just going to read. I think it sums it up in the uh, in the title of this question. I'm just going to read you the question and uh, without any of the details. My London drama school has offered us the chance to study in the U.S. for a month, but it would destroy my savings. Should I go? Live in London for a month, but destroy my savings. Yeah. No, no, live in the U.S. for a month. Oh, right. She's, she's, she's from, from London. London. Okay. Um, this one is all about how old you are. Do you? Do you so, want to know? I, yeah, I do. Because she's if, 87. Here's why. <laughs> she's, she's 23. What did you think? Like, is she, yeah, she's 23. No, yeah. no, 23, you're almost too old for that crap. You really are. And uh, I would say that once you get past college, I'm not I'm saying almost. You know, maybe well, she's in college. Here's the thing. If you're in college, you can do that. If you're out of college, you can't do that. You can't, right. You can't. Right. She's in college. So this, if you want to do it and it destroys your savings, dude, you're in college. Who cares? Who cares about money in college? As long as you're not racking up credit card debt, you're not getting student loans for some stupid useless degree. If you're not doing those things, who who cares if you live in paycheck to paycheck? Who cares if you have $5 in your checking account? It doesn't matter. Okay. Take the chance. Take the risk. Go, go travel. Go do whatever it is. But if you... As long as you're avoiding the major pitfalls, credit card and student loan debt, you can do that. Yeah, who cares? Now, if you're 40, we need to have another conversation. <laughs> right. That's All a right. Deal. We made your decisions. If you'd like us to make your decision for you live on the podcast, I don't know why I said live. We don't do this live. If you'd like us to make your decisions on the podcast, slightly edited, then we <laughs> you can send it to us. Uh, what through Instagram? Um, in, message us on Instagram and we'll do it. Are you going to give the Instagram? Oh, uh, it's at Decidedly Podcast. <laughs> that would be helpful. Yeah, at Decidedly Podcast. Or go to the show notes and uh, check it out there. You just made a great decision to listen to this episode of Decidedly. Make another great decision and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate your support. It helps others find our community and defeat bad decision-making in their own lives. For more daily decision-making insights, check us out at decidedlypodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Decidedly Podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sanger Smith, and this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly Podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.